It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Every major NFL decision comes down to A or B. It's either or supersized today with John Harris. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I am your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, as always, joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. And y'all see, man, we got him back twice this week. Our guy, John Harris from footballtakeover.com. And of course, he covers your Houston Texans, if you're a Texans fan. We definitely want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Blue Now. Make your moment sparkle with the jury from BlueNow.com. And Locked On NFL Draft listeners get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use promo code LOCKEDON at your checkout. This whole show today is going to be either or. We're going to have a few different topics starting with. Here's the big one. All right. College football season is coming up. It's a polarizing quarterback draft. You got two guys who everybody says are at the top, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. So, I mean, these are guys, we, we've watched them, and they are a little different, right? You got Bryce Young, he moves around, and I was just watching him the other day, and I'm like, man, it kind of looks a little bit like Russell Wilson, right? Just the, with the play style, all right? Just kind of the way he moves around. He's not the biggest of guys, a little slight frame. He might barely be six feet tall. We'll see what he, like, actually measures in that. But he does a lot of things extremely well. Everybody's saying, man, like, that's the top dog. And then you got C.J. Stroud, who is the bigger guy in, in the sense of height. And we watched what he did yeah, against Utah. And the throws that he was making, I mean, just down the field, dropping balls in the bucket. But this is also a guy who struggled to start the year. And they were talking about, man, man are they going to bench him? And they had that big loss to Oregon, right? And there were a lot of things where people were like, oh, like, what is this quarterback going to actually be? He finished the season strong. So now there's a lot of hype. Heading into this new year, we got to pick one guy, either or. John Harris, we're going to start with you. Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Man, I, for the longest time, I have been pound the table with Bryce Young. He's that guy. I, I mean, I remember seeing him in modern day, you know, just watch him going, man, this guy just delivers the football where it needs to be. I wondered if he was too small when he went to Alabama, and then you just see him run things at Alabama. You're like, wow. And I, the offense they're running at Alabama, I know, is a little bit of Sarkeesian, a little bit of Kiffin, and now it's a little bit of O'Brien. Yet Bryce handles everything. He is the master in control. And so I've always been Bryce Young. But the last half of the year, I'm watching C.J. Stroud. And to your point, Eric, about ball placement. You know, it's one thing to have a you know the arm that he does. And he's got a really good arm. You know, look, Bryce has got a good arm for a guy that's 6'190". I mean, I might be stretching 190, but 
Bryce puts the ball where it needs to be at all times. I think CJ does that with a little bit more RPMs. Now, here's the one thing that I do worry about with quarterbacks that come from places like Ohio State and Alabama, and especially Bryce Young coming from modern day. He hasn't been touched in his career. Like, he gets all day back there to throw and decide where he wants to throw, and then he'll point in a corner, and John Mechie, uh, God love him now, he's in Houston. Mechie would go find a, you know, find a corner, and Young is throwing it to him. But I still would go Bryce Young. I think C.J. Stroud has the assets. I think he's got even the intangibles, too, to play that position. But there's something about Bryce Young that I trust, that he's going to step into a situation, and even though – he goes from modern day to Alabama where he's a top dog, top dog. He's not going to a top dog. But I still think that Bryce will be able to handle some adversity. And I know playing for the coach he's playing for, Nick Saban, dealing with the coordinator he's dealing with in Bill O'Brien, he's been coached hard. And he's come through on the other side. He has the trust of everybody on that team. And you watch him. He makes some throws during games. You, I, I, There are a couple of them. And I'm like you, Eric. I watched a game the other day. I think it was the SEC championship game against Georgia. He made a couple throws in that game, and that's Georgia. And I'm thinking, wow, how did he get that ball in there to that particular receiver at that spot? So I'm going to go Bryce Young. I hope that Davis Mills has the best season possible so the Texans aren't thinking about a quarterback. But if I got to think about a quarterback in this draft, I would probably go Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. There are a few others that I like, but I don't know if I like any of them like I like these two, and I'd take Bryce over uh, C.J. Ryan, your thoughts? I like the way you're thinking, and I'm probably leaning that direction myself, except for the fact, like you said, it's one thing to do all this at that program at Alabama and with that support and with that coaching staff. You go to league, you're not going to end up with anybody that can help you like that. you got to be able to do it yourself. You're absolutely right about CJ. Like, you saw him progress at the end of the season, but there's still a lot of inconsistency there. He's got to show that he can lock that down and become that kid that we saw against Utah every week. Now, he's got a little, you know, Jackson Smith and Jim is going to help him. So we have to marry that in as well, whereas – Marvin Harrison's son is there too. Right, right, yeah. He's a guy we don't talk about at all, right? We'll we'll get there. But I I think he might actually have the advantage in it. Having that that connection and not having to retool your top two targets like Bryce is going to have to do, I think that might allow him to steady himself. And if he can write the boat where he's the same quarterback plus minus five ten percent every week, that size, that mobility, and that touch, particularly on the deep balls, if he can continue to hone that, that's something that gets you to the NFL in a winning way. You're not struggling to catch up, and then you have the tools to go out there and make an impact, even as a rookie but certainly as an NFL player. And that becomes a little bit cloudier, I think, for the transition for Young. We'll see what they do. That's why they play the next season, but that's where they stand right now. Yeah, one thing that I take into account here when it comes to these two quarterbacks and actually kind of leads me to the guy that I'm going to go with, which is Bryce Young, man. I just felt like as well as things went for him for most of the season at Alabama and obviously his tenure at Modern Day, the number one high school football team in the nation, straight out of California. All right. You would think like, oh man, he hasn't dealt with really the adversity, but he was battle tested late in that season with the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, we're talking about uh, against 
Auburn, like yeah. those games. I mean, there were some tight games where he had to come through and really make some big-time throws and big-time moments, even in the national title game. It's like, well, I already lost John Mechie. Then all of a sudden, dang, I lose Jamison Williams. I'm without my two best guys. And he had to depend on some young receivers, and maybe they didn't really come through for him. And I think people are going to kind of maybe uh, look at that like, oh, well, Bryce Young, he didn't come through the way he should have. But I thought he played exceptionally well and at the very least gave that team a chance, right, without his two stud wide receivers out there. So, uh, Stroud, we'll, we'll see. Now, the, the game against Utah, like, that was the one where I'm like, okay. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other people, like, we saw the crazy numbers he was putting up. But that was the game where I'm like, okay, I see a lot of the big-time throws down the field. Where I haven't quite seen the throws I would like to see from him is the intermediate throws. Deep balls, like, great. I know he has a great deep ball. Maybe the best deep ball thrower in this class. We'll see. But I need to see a little bit more of those drive throws, those throws that are going to be a little bit more difficult to make at the NFL level. Can he make those consistently? We'll find that out next season. Coming up, got some more either-or for y'all. But first, we want to talk to you a little bit about Blue Nile. And at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom, custom engagement rings of your dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece at all prices that you won't find at your traditional jeweler. Whether you are ready to pop that big question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find the jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of being able to shop online at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams and celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. And no matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. So it doesn't matter what time you call, they are locked and loaded and ready to go. Make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com. And locked on NFL draft listeners get $50 off of their purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement as well. And... I already know, man. You got to use the promo code locked on. All right, promo code locked on. That's going to help you with all of this. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away exactly what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenow.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen of the day and let you know that the ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. All right, the Locked On NBA big board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders as well. First pick is June 16th. Search the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. All right, John. Either or. It's on you now. Let's go. Okay. These two teams I'm about to ask you about both made a decision to trade a first-round pick and some change for a stud-wide receiver. And in so doing... They created a monster trio. 
So I ask you, what's the most dangerous pass-catching trio? Either Miami Dolphins with Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Mike Kosicki, or the Las Vegas Raiders with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Ryan Tracy, you go first. It comes down to you can't perform as a pass catcher unless you have a passer. And all credit to Tyreek Hill for supporting his quarterback, pumping him up, doing all he can to lift him. I don't buy it. I believe Derek Carr is going to distribute the ball better to his targets than two is going to be able to distribute to his. Now, here's why. Because I have personally watched the seasons in the evolution of Tyreek Hill, and teams understand how to corral him, and that's you play everybody seven miles deep, and you take all <laughs> the underneath stuff. So the question yeah. becomes, can Gusecki and Waddle really take advantage of that? Uh, I love the pairing with Waddle. I, 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 in fact, I, I love that they can do a lot of things interchangeably, you know, in the 30-yard in the and under area. So you don't necessarily have to pigeonhole them. But that takes some creativity. It takes, I think, a little bit more finesse in delivering the ball on time and on a target that isn't necessarily what I've seen from Tua in the past. I think that's more of a stretch. I think personally, because of the connection Carr has, obviously, with Adams, but also with Renfro, uh, I think Waller is something that's, that's still in development there. But I think that trio is likely to be more productive just because their quarterbacks are getting the ball in more advantageous situations. Okay, Eric, before you answer, hold on a second. I want you to come at this from a different angle, okay? I want you to come at this from you played defensive back at the highest level. Which of these groups would you not want to see on a Sunday? That's a great job by you in switching this up because before you said that, this was a no-brainer, and I was going Las Vegas Raiders all the way. But from that standpoint, right, who would Eric Crocker rather guard? Yeah. I don't want to deal with the speed of Tyreek Hill. I don't want to speed deal with the speed of Jalen Waddle. You know, especially guys like Jalen Waddle who lines up in the slot a whole lot. So you're telling me this jittery bug, this very fast receiver who's explosive, and now he has two-way goals because I have to line up against him in the slot. I don't want to defend that. I don't want to have to scheme against that. I don't want to have to game plan against that or Tyreek Hill and what he gives you. We watched the AFC divisional game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. You saw two quarterbacks just in their zone. And Tyreek Hill, when this team needed it most, man, he caught that slant and just <laughs> outran an entire secondary. I remember watching Tyreek Hill against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not in the Super Bowl, but in the game like earlier in that yeah, year. Yeah. And he had like 150 yards or 200 yards in the first quarter, right? Like, like he can put like – Yards, points on you in a hurry. Like, that's dangerous. And it, you have to put more attention to him. You have to have more guys over the top. It, it, if you're a cornerback, like, all your technique goes out the window having to try to defend a guy like that. So I think that is probably the more, the tougher of the two to just defend, like, man up. But I still believe that the Raiders, when you look at just how they're built, with Darren Waller and what he is, I mean, he might as well be a receiver out there and how they utilize him out in space. And then uh, Renfro, he might be one of the more underrated receivers in the entire NFL right now. With what he's doing, a uh, terrific pass catcher. He's making up routes as he goes, but somehow his yeah. quarterback knows exactly what he's doing. And then you got Devontae Adams. And nobody talks about this. Devontae Adams, they talk about Green Bay Packer, Devontae Adams. But they don't talk about Devontae Adams, the one that – 
was at Fresno State. He only played two years. And he had like over 3,000 receiving yards, like over like 250 uh, receptions. I mean, over like 50 touchdown catches. It was crazy what he did at Fresno State. And now he's teamed back up with his quarterback that helped him do all that. So uh, I'm excited to see what Las Vegas Raiders do. I think maybe it's the quarterback that makes them a little bit more dangerous. But I do have one question for you, Ryan Tracy, and we're going to wait till we come back. We also have the, your either or, but I have a question about something that Tyreek Hill said about the quarterback position. All right, we're going to get to that next and more. But first, we want to talk to you about Bill Bar. Mm. And you know how our friends at Bill Bar, they're always coming up with new amazing flavors. And this time, Bill Bar, they have truly outdone themselves with the new mud pie flavor. I was so excited when I got that in the mail. It's their first time ever getting this and bill is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and mud pie puff and i love the puffs all right not sure what mud pie tastes like well if you are a fan of chocolate you better sit down for this one because this new one is rich and whipped cream and chocolate mousse and smothered in 100 real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble all right you got to try the mud pie as soon as possible because you already know, man, at Built.com, they sell out fast. I remember trying to go get the birthday cakes. As soon as I got them, my wife loved them. I said, babe, they're all gone, right? Then you have to wait. Hopefully, they refill it. They might not, all right? And you don't want that to happen. If you are a fan of mud pie, that might happen to you. If you're not convinced, I mean, and luckily, we've saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. No, really. All the Built products, they are low-calorie, high in protein, and low in sugar. The Mud Pie is packed with 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories, 8 grams of sugar for something that tastes as good as it does. It's like your mom baked the most delicious, creamy, chocolatey Mud Pie and wrapped it up just for you, but something that's actually healthy. And like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that they are healthy and tasty. And what's great about Built is... Their bars are made with collagen, protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and it provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love the new Mud Pie Built Bar and you're going to get it at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Ryan, so I, I kind of teed up this question I have for you. And I was watching the AFC Championship game. And I'm like, man, what is Tyreek Hill talking about? How is, how is Tua more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? And it kind of sounds crazy. But then I'm watching the game, and I'm like, wow, I, I think I see what he's talking about. Mahomes, and you can correct me if I'm not. I just want to hear your perspective. You cover the Chiefs. You you've watched every single throw of this kid. But is there any chance that Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? I was watching the end of that game, really that second half of the AFC Championship game, and he was throwing balls all over the place. I don't even know if he knew where they were going. What are your thoughts on that? When you heard him say that, 
listen, accuracy isn't everything. Nobody's perfect, but there are times Patrick will let it slip, but half the time he's throwing middle passes anyway, so you can't actually call that an accuracy break. But uh, you can see what Tyreek Hill is getting at, yes. Hopefully that is the case. I don't know that I've seen two of be that accurate yet either. I do believe some some passes have a tendency to wander in every quarterback, and I wouldn't necessarily say there's a large difference, to tell you the truth. But like I said earlier, good for him for putting up with him and, and, and putting up for his quarterback to help him like emphasize the good in where to his game is. And I think that will help him move forward. And I think nothing helps a quarterback's game than having Tyreek Hill on your roster. So I, I think it's it's a good omen for, for two all the way around. Yeah, and I think when, when I heard it, I was thinking more along the lines of just two or throws, uh, an easy, catchable ball, and throws it in a position where he can catch and run. And I think a lot of other people took it as, like, he's saying two is better than Patrick Mahomes or something. I'm like, no, yeah. he ain't saying that, right? Like, we know Patrick Mahomes, the playmaker, but sometimes these guys with these big rocket arms, sometimes they have a tendency to maybe not throw the prettiest of ball. Sometimes balls come out a little wobbly. Sometimes it might be a little behind you or something. But I do know one thing, and I've seen this with Patrick Mahomes. He does a terrific job of hitting the open man. When the guy's open, more times than not, he's not missing. Is it in a position for, and is it nice and soft and floating in your hands like maybe a Tua uh, throws because, you know, maybe his arm isn't as strong and whatnot? Uh, Maybe not. But he's going to get the ball there, especially when guys are open. So, Kansas City Chiefs fans, if you are listening right now, I would not be worried about anything that he said. I think he's just, in general, <laughs> saying like, hey, this is a nice, easy ball to catch. And then, and then catching it in a stride. Uh, John, I have something to say to you. And obviously, we're okay. talking a lot before we get to either or. But I saw a ranking come out on second-year quarterbacks. Yeah. And I feel like I'm the only guy going to bat for Davis Mills right now. And I know, and they I had Davis Mills. Yeah, They had Davis Mills last. Out of all the second-year quarterbacks, well, that played a significant amount of time or played at all because Trey Lance only played two games. But they had him sixth out of all those guys. I'm looking, I'm like, man, there's three guys ahead of him that threw more interceptions than touchdowns. And you can't use the argument like you can with some of these guys. Like, oh, well, look who he played with. He play, you know, he had all these weapons. Like, this dude had Brandon Cooks and – I don't even know who else was on that offense. Yeah. The the run game was shoddy. I mean, the offensive line. Well, Worst so in the he had yeah. every excuse in the world to not play well, and he was he was solid. I yeah. thought he had the second best rookie out of all the quarterbacks. So when you see rankings like that, and they have all these other guys over him, and they got Davis Mills last, and we've talked about him and kind of maybe the expectations for him and whatnot. But what are your thoughts on that? I I almost I don't say I like it. But I don't mind it, Eric, because, first of all, I, I love you for that. Um, you've always stood up for Davis, and I, and I think that's awesome because there aren't a lot of people that are doing it. A lot of people are kind of treating Davis like he's this secret that everybody's kind of keeping under wraps. Like, hey, have you seen this guy down in Houston, Davis Mills? I know you don't know about him, but let me tell you about it. I, I almost feel like it's that for a lot of people. And and I – I'm brutally honest. I'm an employee of the Texans. I know a lot of people weren't watching Texans football. But if you did happen to catch the last few games against the Chargers, against the Titans, even the game that Davis had against the Patriots, when have you ever seen a rookie have a passer rating of over 140 against a Belichick coach defense? That's what, that's what Davis Mills did. Davis outplayed Mac Jones that day. Now, in San Francisco, Trey Lance outperformed Davis. But he should have. He had the 49ers roster. 
<laughs> against Justin <laughs> Herbert. Davis Mills outperformed Justin Herbert. And who's got the better roster? So the point being, I kind of like it, though, because I think what it's done in the city of Houston, where there's been a, some division about Davis, is Davis the guy, no-go draft, Kenny Pickett, do all – I think there's been some of that. I think there's now kind of this rallying thing around Davis. And Davis is like, look, I'm just going to go ball. He's the most calm, under control guy. The team, His teammates believe in him. John Mechie is going to get healthy at some point. Nico Collins showed some, uh, showed some things last year as a rookie. Uh, you know, maybe Philip Dorsett can find something, uh, what's left of his career, because he had a couple of nice ball games with Davis down the stretch. So I kind of like that he's lying in the weeds a little bit. Like, oh, you know, these guys have all the pressure. They were the first rounders. Third rounder, look, third rounder doesn't work out. I mean, how many third rounders have we not seen work out? A lot of them. So, okay. But I don't think that's the case. I think Davis will get better and better. Look, it's not going to be perfect. He's still got some things he's got to work on. He's still got to start driving that intermediate throw in the middle of the field. But his touch outside the numbers is very good. His decision-making down the stretch was solid and can get better. And I think Pep Hamilton, as an OC, will help him get better. Uh, and the one thing you said about the run game, our run game, the Texas run game has sucked. I mean, I'll just be brutally honest. It's sucked. It's been <laughs> terrible. 31st and 32nd the last two years. Give him a little bit more at that running game. Maybe Marlon Mack's got something left. Damian Pierce, the rookie, can help. I just think overall the offensive talent's gone up, and I think Davis will move up with it. And when I saw that list today, I can't remember who put it out, that Trevor Lawrence first. Look, have all the pressure in the world, Trevor. That's fine. We lowly Texans right down here with Davis Mills will be six. Nobody expects anything. And Davis will step right up and make some plays. And he's not going to be perfect. He's second-year quarterback. But the guy they had right in front of him was Trey Lance. I love that for the 49ers. I think Trey Lance is going to do wonders for that offense. I think he's going to be fantastic uh, for the 49ers. Uh, seeing him up close really gave me that confidence that he's going to be fine. And I think Davis Mills will be fine this year. And I hope he plays to a point where the either or we did earlier in the show, Bryce or CJ is not a decision that has to be made right here in Houston. Awesome, man. I like it. I like it. I like you hyping up Trey Lance a little bit, man. Getting a chance to see him in person, sometimes that changes. You it know, can make a what, difference. Yep. What, what it looks like. But Ryan, we're finally getting to your either or. <laughs> so uh, let us hear it. I got to take myself out of this conversation. That's why I wanted to do it because this is about draft philosophy in, in a, a position that has been undervalued as of late. We can argue about that another day, but the running back and how it affects your roster, how it attack, uh, affects your attack of modern defenses. There's, there's two schools of thought here. and There's two guys that are hall of fame eligible here pretty soon. And the debate is, is fire and ice for the two of them. One Frank Gore, we talked about this off camera here a little bit before, has, has I think, an, an argument there. He's top three in total yards ever, right? But it's how he got those yards and the style of running that he is and the Ironman that he is versus some of the guys that are right around him in total career yardage can be made a, a preferable comparison, right? The other guy is completely different and was a dominant player when available, had injuries, his career didn't last as long. We've seen Jamal Charles be compared to Hall of Famers that are in there, like Terrell Davis and some others that have shorter careers total as, as well. The difference for me comes down to is, is your style and how much are you a weapon for your team and how much are you affecting the build of the offense? Those are the two arguments. 
Um, it comes down for me. I have a preference, but I will say this. There's longevity and total yards gained. You put up that offense, and there's every time you touch the ball on the Charles side of it, he, he's got 5.4 yards per carry, the highest ever to play this game. And I think that's significant. I know what I think, but, John, what do you think? Who deserves the Hall of Fame more, and who do you think gets first? I have always been a period of dominance guy. That's always been my thing. I have never been a guy that, you know, the stat compiler thing. I've never I've never thought about that. When people ask me, who's better? Who do you think was better? I always think about, you know, if you ask me about quarterbacks, who's the quarterback I wouldn't want to face? And, Eric, that's why I asked you that question. As a DB, to me, the answer, because who would you not want to face? Well, I wouldn't want to face these guys. That answers the question for me. And I saw both of them up close. Jamal Charles scared the bejesus out of me. I hated seeing Jamal Charles because he had he, he had something other guys didn't. And it was interesting. As you were setting it up, Brian, I thought because you wanted this from me, I thought you were going to say Arian Foster. Because Arian mm. Foster kind of falls in that category. Not, not as not explosive like Jamal Charles, but the way that he did it in the run game, in the pass game, Arian Foster was such a fit in the zone running game. He just didn't do it long enough because injuries uh, took over his career. And then, he, of course, he wanted to be Bobby Fino, you know, uh, R&B rap star, hip hop star, and <laughs> I'm I'm glad he did. Uh, he always was a little left to center, and that's and that's fine. I have no issue with that whatsoever. But his was a small, short period. But man, from 2010 to 2014, Arian Foster was really, really good. I'd have much rather faced, and I say this, having cursed his name late in his <laughs> career when he's playing for the Indianapolis Colts. We played them on a Thursday night in 2015. And, of course, they had Andre Johnson playing for him, which got Frank Gore to go to Indianapolis. And we can't tackle Frank Gore. We can't tackle him. So there was a greatness in Frank Gore that was that goes beyond the, the numbers he compiled. But if I were to say, who scared you the most? Who, made, who was better I would say Jamal Charles because he's the guy that worried me the most. As a defensive coordinator, I would lose sleep facing a guy like Jamal Charles because I would have to know that my run fits are perfect, and if they're not, he's going to the house. Frank Gore might not exploit me like that. He might wear me down. I can handle a guy that wears me down eventually. What I can't handle is how do I cover Charles out of the backfield? How do I make sure my run fits are absolutely perfect? If they catch me in a personnel grouping, uh, that's not right. He's going to the house. I'm a I'm a big Jamal Charles guy, so I would say Jamal Charles. I do think Frank Gore gets in the Hall of Fame because it's hard to look away from the numbers, and I think they have put guys in the Hall of Fame that have compiled those numbers, maybe not at running back but at different positions. So I do think that Frank Gore gets in. I think Jamal Charles should get in. I don't think Arian did it for long enough to do it, and there's not an argument here in Houston for him. But an Arian done it at that level for another couple of years, you'd have to throw him in there uh, in that mix because of what he did in the run pass game. But to me, Jamal Charles, and I'm not saying this um, you know, to, to suck up because um, I do think Tua is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see your reaction. Um, I do think Jamal Charles scared people when he got the ball in his hands. And I know talking to people that have called games against him, defensive coordinators and coaches and such, Jamal Charles scared a lot of dudes. They sent coaches home with a lot of sleepless nights. 
trying out, trying to figure out how do I stop that guy. And he was great, and he stayed healthy. I think the irony in all this was that Frank Gore came into the league after two or three ACL tears in high school and early in college, and nobody ever thought he was going to be durable. And then he plays all the way through his career where his son is not playing in college football. So I give him credit for that, but Jamal Charles would be the guy for me. Man, I'm looking at Arian Foster's numbers, and and, uh, you talked about that stretch he had from 2010 to 2014. And even then, there's a – there's a three-year span there from 2010, 2011, 2012, yep. where he scored 41 touchdowns. He was ridiculous. In those few years. 16, yep. 10, and 15 touchdowns. That's remarkable. Arian Foster definitely had a stretch where he, he was widely considered as one of the best backs in the league. Like, top three back in the league, top four back in the league, you were considering him one of those guys. I don't think that Frank Gore was ever that guy. And... I agree that he had a Hall of Fame career. I think the thing that's going to work in his favor the most is that he was a Hall of Fame person. You can't find a person to say one negative or bad thing about Frank Gore. Everyone loves him. They talk about how smart he was, how great of a teammate he was. And I think ultimately between that and the numbers that he kind of accumulated over a very long career is what's going to get him in the Hall of Fame. But if you're saying, hey, for one game, who do you want in their prime? Jamal Charles or Frank Gore? I got to go Jamal Charles, you know, now who's going to get in over who to the hall of fame again, Frank Gore, because it's just, he's just out there as like the most likable guy. And we know you talked about, uh, John, you talked about who lets these guys, I don't want to say lets these guys in, but votes these guys in, you know, the writers and things like that. Everyone adores Frank Gore. Everyone loves Frank Gore. So I don't think he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer, but I know with how they feel about him and how he is endeared in a lot of these guys' hearts, he's going to be a guy that they 100% get him in. And um, I don't think it'll take too long. We'll see. But uh, great career for Frank Gore. Now he's out there in the boxing ring knocking guys out. (laughs) (laughs) And we just knocked out another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, you got Locked On Chiefs. You got Locked On 49ers. Also, Got all these other podcasts across the Locked On Network. All right, but that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Peace! Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.